0: Welcome to the only show dedicated to a new way of delivering healthcare. This new model has no name, but let's go ahead and call it direct contracting or digital first care. The new way centers on opting out of the games bigs play with their rigged dice, their crooked game board, and their purchased referees. And if you're looking for a future where everyone wins, that's the doc, the consumer, the employer, and with assured amazing outcomes and measurably lower costs, That are ranging up to 60%, you're in the right place. I'm Ron Barshop, your host. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the new healthcare economy. When we say that bigs are gaming the system, what exactly does that mean, Ron Barshop? Well, referrals are basically the raw meat into the sausage factory that is our local hospitals. And outpatient visits are much more profitable, three to four times that of the hospital visits themselves. So visits to locally owned primary care clinics, whether that's urgent care or PCP specialists, docs, surgery, whatever it looks like, imaging, even labs, Most of those are going to be owned by the hospital system, and yeah, they want to deliver your baby, and they want to repair your knee in that big facility, but the real money is going to be made in their outpatient facilities, like urgent care. Did you know that 70% of all urgent care clinics are owned by big hospitals? But why? Well, if you read the quarterly reports of these bigs, that's where we learn this kind of stuff, and urgent care centers are a prime referral source for good commercially and paid insureds. So that's 70% are owned by local systems because it's a great meat feeder to the meat grinder. Quite a game system, as I talked about at the top. And I can hear today's guests nodding her head vociferously in agreement right now. Well, if that's not enough, we know that 90% of America has a local hospital that is actually a legal monopoly by every definition of the word, because they can set pricing due to their control of the market. That is gaming at its saddest. And the states each are controlled by one or two big insurers. Same thing. They have such control that they're all considered monopoly states with insurance companies. And it's always interesting when the two collide. And a big hospital fires a big insurer like what happened in Houston twice recently. But they had to kiss and make up because even though it's a clash of monopoly titans, the docs always get screwed in that deal and therefore their patients have nowhere to go. So the docs complain to the hospitals and they got to keep those networks happy. So they buckle every time the true customer of any big is not you. And I, the customer, not the employers, but it's the network of doctors, not the patients. So hospitals will almost always buckle to the insurance companies when these monopolies, butt heads and the lobbies, let's talk about the, the lobbies, in case you haven't listened to this show, the last 128 times, bigs control hospitals and insurers devices and pharma and together that lobby is bigger than the next four verticals combined so the healthcare lobby is bigger than wall street and silicon valley and big defense and big oil combined so healthcare bigs write their own rules in 50 state houses and in washington dc and they basically own the white house too until president trump so they didn't own him but he did upset them quite a bit with a lot of transparency rules and other requirements that uh tip the apple cart a little bit but if you like the idea of re-election and apparently he didn't you're going to get knocked off if you don't play ball with the bigs and he didn't so bigs gain the system and they control the referrals and they monopoly price and they write the laws and regulations that make the rule book in the monopoly game so they own the meat the grinder the pricing and they write their own rules so wheat so if you have a pricey ineffective tapeworm of a system that serves shareholders, not the rest of us. The bigs are its architect, its general contractor, and its developer of that unholy mess that we have called American healthcare, or transaction care, not healthcare. Sick care, not healthcare. So if it's ever gonna be changed, like FedEx changed the post office forever, and like the web changed faxes and a hundred other things, it's gonna be fixed from the outside in, never from the inside out, because it's too rigged of a game board. You can't tinker inside the game board and fix it. So a new system of directly contracted care with employers on a subscription-based digital first model has 25 million Americans. And now with our guest today, a lot of new Houstonians skipping the middles and the bigs. And these 25 million are worldwide. And I know it's 25 million because I've had their CEOs on my show. So at least nobody knows. It could be 30 million, could be 50 million. I don't really know. But the ones on my show adds up to about 25 to 30 million patients They're in direct contracted with digital first care. Doesn't even have a name, doesn't have any academic studying it, never been a book written about it. But the good news is it's a movement and it's unstoppable and it's inevitably going to replace transaction sick care someday because everybody wins in this new model. The patient, the doctors for sure, and the employers. The old game sick care system is simply unsustainable and beyond right for replacement. Today's guest is an independent urgent care leader, With 17 going on 20 clinics in Medical City, USA, that's Houston, Texas. And she's thrived by serving employers in that new model. Houston Independent School District is their largest school district in Texas. They're a client. So they're members along with hundreds of other employers who come to see Dr. Juliet Breeze and her team at Next Level Urgent Care. Juliet, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ron.
0: Yeah, did what I said make sense to you?
1: Absolutely, um, you know it's a it's a broken system, and I think uh, you've hit the nail on the head in in every way. Uh, there's certainly a lot of room for for improvement, and there's a lot of people who are are chipping away at this. and And I, I love your show for giving those people uh, a bit of, a bit of a voice.
0: So you sort of discovered that urgent care wasn't your main business in the last few years when you set up your. Uh, direct care toward for employers like the school district and you set up your own labs and you set up a lot of other things like a digital first experience for these customers. Um, is that really your main business now, not urgent care?
1: I think that it's, you know, it's an evolution. Um, we, I think that urgent care is very important to the healthcare ecosystem right now. A lot of the biggest, uh, cost um you know so so i'm interested in bending that cost curve and look in providing cost-effective medical care uh that is super convenient and accessible to people when you look at urgent care urgent care is a fantastic model in that uh it takes a lot of the things that had traditionally gone to emergency rooms and were able to take care of those things we're open seven days a week, we're open the long hours. And so we have a lot more access, um, provide a lot more access and provide it at a much reduced cost. However, uh, what I think has been sort of bubbling to the surface is that um, yeah, it's great that we're there for those things that would have gone to the emergency room. But what we're really lacking and what I think a lot of people are foregoing in the United States right now is really great primary care because they, you know, work, uh, you know, long hours or they're, um, you know, working <laughs> working two jobs or they're a, you know, dual income family and there's just not time to get out there to the doctors to be seen for their different um, issues. And so they just don't go. They don't go for their primary care or their preventive care. They don't go for their, um, you know, their primary care visits. And so we realized, um, you know, along the way, gosh, we have all these facilities. We have all this access. We are open seven days a week. Maybe it's time for us to also provide those kind of services so that we can really meet the needs of the community. That's sort of where we've always been focused is let's solve a problem for the community. And at, initially the problem was, was emergency rooms that were too expensive. And now the problem is, you know, how do we get cost-effective convenient primary care?
0: And cost of effective is the operative word because a lot of folks that are your clients, that are your members, don't have a plan that where they can afford the deductible. So if they can take the high deductible plan with a thousand dollars, which they don't have in the bank, or take a membership only that the employer is paying all of, they're going to take membership only every time. Do you find that your members are migrating to your plan versus the legacy plan over time?
1: You know, Ron, I am going to have a lot more information about that as uh, time moves on. We are fairly new in this space. And um, what I can tell you is that the uh, clients that we started with, um, and we really we launched membership urgent care um, back in 2019 right before you know, the, the pandemic year. But we actually launched ur- uh, primary care membership, in January 1 of this year. So what has happened is that the clients that started with us are super happy. We are having increasing utilization every single month. I mean, to the point of, you know, having doubled our utilization over a very short period of time. So I think that people love the idea of not having to take their wallet out when they come to the doctor. And it, but it does take a minute because people aren't used to that. And uh, we actually have to do quite a bit of enticing people to come in for the first time or to call us for the first time, um, because they're just there's so much misgiving about you know going to the doctor because it, it's been so painful. You know, it's it's such a um, it's such a costly experience for people that they are they're they're not sure what to believe. So we've had to win their confidence um, as they realize oh my gosh, really? A virtual visit is covered hundred percent. A primary care visit is covered hundred percent. I can get a physical on a Sunday and it's covered hundred percent. You know, this is new for them. And so we are, we're really excited about this year. It's been a fabulous um, experience for us. Uh, but but, but uh, to be quite honest with you, I just don't have a, a lot of data to share. I'd love to you know, come back in a year and tell you how it's gone
0: we will do that for sure. How are your doctors reacting to um, when they, I'm not going to say transactional. That's, that's, I don't mean to mean, I don't mean to be derogatory, but before they were seeing a patient once and they never knew if they were going to see him again, or I'm not gonna say cared, but they didn't know. Now they have a patient who's going to come back reliably and see them. And then they're going to bring their kids and their wife and maybe even their grandmother, but they're, they're going to be coming in and they're going to be actually they're going to have a record, they're going to have a history, and you're going to get to know them very deeply. Is Are your doctors kind of liking that, or are they buckling against that?
1: Um, I think, you know, it definitely depends upon the doctor. Um, however, all of our doctors are family practice, um, or most at most all of our doctors are family practice-based, so they're this is a very familiar model to them. Um, I think that they're excited uh, about um, this sort of new way of approaching patients. However, um, I will tell you that it's not as crazy or new as you might think, because when we opened, because we were so easy to use for patients, we've had um, you know an app where they get in line and we text them when their exam room is ready. So um, they they patients have have really loved using us for urgent care, and the, um, the most common comment we got. Uh, before we started all of this is, I wish you could be my primary care doctor uh, because it's so easy to use you. And so a lot of families and people were already kind of using us that way. Yes, we didn't do diabetes and hypertension, but we did um, see patients very regularly um, and their children for all sorts of things that were going on with them. So it's not a completely new model. Um, and, uh, and I think that most of my um, most of the physicians who work here are, are actually looking at it like uh, kind of a neat thing because uh, quite a few of the doctors that work with us really are, they like procedures for sure. That's why, you know, urgent care, we have lots of different procedures that we do, but the thing that really drew them usually to the urgent care model is um our wonderful like lifestyle the schedule is 12 hours um and they only work usually three two to three shifts a week and then they're off for the rest of the time so um Many of our doctors loved being family practice doctors, but really wanted to have a little bit of something else going on in their life. They wanted to have some time off with their family they or or to do something else. Like A, a lot of our uh, physicians have really interesting hobbies uh, that they pursue in their four days that they're not working with us. And um, for a physician, it's really unusual to have a situation where when you're off, you don't carry any kind of a you know, a, a pager, or you're not on call in any way. So um, th- that's the that's what we offer. So a lot of people were drawn to us, even though they really loved, you know, being primary care uh, doctors with regular patients.
0: So, Juliet, when you see a patient, that's a direct contracted patient versus one who's a uh, paid for through insurance. Do you chart differently because you don't have to bill and code that? You don't have to pre authorize anything. You just get it done.
1: Right. You know, um, we do we do quite a few things differently. I mean, one of the things uh, you're right that we don't have to bill and code. We have made a lot, we've made billing and coding in our environment extremely painless and easy. Um, First of all, with the urgent care, I went out and negotiated case rates for everything that we did because I, I am like you, really against having doctors be you know, um, barraged with paperwork and administrative tasks. And so really, it doesn't matter whether a person, whether they have Blue Cross or United or Aetna or Cigna or any of these other things, if they come in, there's just one code we bill. So it's actually already super easy for them to uh, work within that system they just press a button and it and so whether a person had a hangnail or two broken bones the charge to the insurance company is going to be exactly the same thing so I had already sort of taken care of that in my urgent care model so to be quite honest with you this isn't very different we we still um, we still diagnose the patient and so there's a diagnosis on the chart um, and then you know they' they're going to Press a button just to close the note, um, it will be a little different, but it's not, you know, it's not substantially different for them.
0: So I'm going to make a pretty um, unexciting leap of faith saying that a lot of your clients are saying, Can we get you in Dallas where we have other offices? Oh we get God. you in Austin, San Antonio, and the, the Hill hook Country. Hook
1: me up, Ron, hook me up. I'm, I'm ready. We're ready to expand. We are actually um, really excited about what we're doing in Houston. We really want to go to other places. Uh, and, and do something similar, what we're, what we're planning on doing is expanding um, with, with our clients. So, you know, as we get clients that say, I wish that you were in Austin, then um, that's when we make the move to go to Austin. So we're, we're currently uh, examining potential um, to expand into several different Texas cities. We're, we're hoping eventually to even get out of Texas. But right now, uh, we're going to take it one step at a time. We just know that uh, we're doing something that people appreciate. And, and interestingly, you know, I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts. You do a wonderful job, by the way, of sort of really outlining all of the problems um, in this really crazy industry. But I, I will say that one of the things that kind of um, it, it has been uh, interesting and difficult is that um, important employers are not quite ready for this. Like they're, they, they, I feel like I'm presenting them a toe in the water because they are not biting off on not having insurance at all. In our model, they still have catastrophic insurance. They can still have a high deductible plan. And what we do is we just come in at the very you know, first level and we say, look, just add us as a membership to your um, to your plan that you already have, and if you're self-insured, you are going to save so much money because we're going to divert people away from the ER. We're going di- to we're going to divert them away from you know hospitalizations for um, you know uh, crisis care because we're going to be taking care of. Uh, we're going to be uh, dr- we're going to be lowering your lab costs. We're going to be doing all of these things. We're going to prove ourselves to you. And then over time, what you know, my long range vision is to do what quite a few of your guests have done in the past, which is start to add some specialties and start to add some things. Um, but right now, really, all we're doing is we're saying just let us take care of your primary care needs and your urgent care needs and your telemedicine needs, and um, and you can go anywhere as a, for a specialist visit you can go any to any hospital you can be in any network or no network we'll work with you on whatever basis you want to work with us um Keep your
0: doctor and- well yeah you, you said it well that um not only are ER visits going to drop somewhere between 40 and 60 percent if you look at what our previous guests have made claims on but hospital visits drop about the same medication use drops at 20 to 60 percent the cost of medications easily drops 40 to 60 percent you now have a um uh, a higher, a lower absentee rate, and you have a higher engagement rate. So uh, when patients aren't afraid to get on a phone or get on a text and get an answer to a quick question about pink eye for their kid, or some kind of bacterial infection in their stomach, or, you know, something simple, it's just, they don't miss work. And um, that there's, there's literally all kinds of savings and dividends to point to when an employer signs on with y'all and in any year to two years, you're going to have the data to support those patients that are stick, still with a legacy plan versus those who are utilizing next care urgent. And so you'll be able to say, well, look, uh, we're, we weren't kidding about these savings, these are real. And, uh, and, ev- and eventually I suspect the teacher and the bus driver and the cafeteria worker are gonna talk to their fellows who are using you and they're gonna say, wait a minute, no copay, no premium, no deductible, really? I just got a raise, man. I mean, it's $400 a month, $500 a month raise or $20,000 a year raise if they're a family. That's significant.
1: It really is. And as if you see what some of these employees are having to pay for these emergency room visits that they they just don't they don't know that there's a, a, a different option. So one of the things that we put in place is, you know, our care navigation system and and, you know, again, this is not a new concept, but people need someone to give them guidance. So we made a very simple way of, they just literally push a button and they get immediately hooked up with, a care navigator who can answer anything for them, whether it's, you know, I don't know if I should go to, you know, the urgent care, or if I can do this on telemedicine, or do I need to the ER? Um, it's very confusing for the consumer right now as to, you know, how they get taken care of. And we're we're there to help them to to make the right decision, um, and also the the, the the most cost-effective decision.
0: So what are you most proud of in this past year since you've created this new baby?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, You know, I am actually really proud of my team because um, you kind of, you know, you asked the question, what do your doctors think? You know, I certainly, we didn't start out this way and um, I could have had everyone push back on me and say, you know, what the heck you told us we were going to be in urgent care and now what are you doing with us? But that's not at all what happened. Really, people are very excited about, being about offering a solution to a system that all of us know isn't a great system. And so it's, I think, you know, I think what I'm most proud of is that uh, this has not been something where I had to beat everybody into submission. Everyone has been thrilled to come along on the journey. They've been very excited about um, all the new changes. And, and as you know, I mean, I have 520 employees. It's not easy to, to introduce change um, usually, and so I feel like if all of these people know this is the right thing, this is a good thing, and of course they especially feel um, uh, that way because they they get this membership. You know, I buy this membership for them, so uh, they all get free healthcare. They're pretty happy with that. So, it, and and I know you know that um, that really that really helps with retention. It really helps with employee happiness. Everybody seems to be on board uh, for that reason.
0: I've had this uh, program in my company now, much fewer employees, but I've had no um, nobody who's left the company. There's been no turnover except when people physically had to move out of the city. I've been able to recruit very easy with free health care. It's like a no brainer. I get like I used to have to interview to get four MAs, 60. And today I interview five and then I'm done. We, you know, it's not a half a day process anymore. Um, the, when I see my employees, I used to talk about mission and values and all this other garbage you know what I talk about now, how's your husband's pink eye? How's your kid's, you know, flu? How, how are you coming along? Did you call the doc about that issue you talked to me about last time? So it's a whole different vibe with me and my my team. I know what's going on in their health if they want me to. And they let me know that they're using these products and these services and they're delighted. So um, it's it's really very cool. It's, it's, I could never imagine going back.
1: It really is. You know, I did a survey just recently of my employees and asked them, what, you know, is, is the fact that we offer, you know, these, these free healthcare services, a factor in your decision to stay at this company? And I mean, it was nice. I got a lot of them said, yes, but I I mean, I like, I love, I love being at the company, but but if the question is, "Is this an important benefit to me?" then the answer is yes. And um, we got that. I mean, it was it was an amazing number of people felt that that was a very important factor in um, in their decision to either come on board or to stay on board with us. Um, and so I, I can't I can't um, overstate the value. And so when I talk to employers, a lot of times, you know, employers are really They're hesitant. They've heard a lot of stories. They've had people tell them how they're going to save money doing this and that. And a lot of it is just not it's not just not true. And so when I go in and say, look, it's uh, there's, you know, not nothing up my sleeves. Um, I'm just going to set this very low member per per employee per month uh, price. And your employees are going to be able to come and use this with without any additional payment. they uh they do they do get worried that this is somehow some sort of a, a, a the next scam yeah,
0: too good and to so, be true sounds too yeah, good. yeah
1: so I'm excited to have you know to to basically get some um you know just get some time um under our belt because really the more time that goes by and the, and our clients are still happy and our employees are still happy and, and everyone's um, doing, you know, everyone is, is, is enjoying the benefit of this. Uh, I think that we'll have an easier time. I think the discussions will become easier. I think right now it's just a little bit new and there's, there's quite a bit of hesitance to, to give it a try.
0: So let's talk about who's actually using direct contracted care in these 25 million Um, You can't name a tech giant that isn't doing it now. So Apple, Facebook, LinkedIn, Intuit, Google, Amazon, they're all using direct contracted care. And they're early adopting it, meaning they're not doing it for the whole company, but they're trying it out. And they're having nothing but success with it. There's no hiccups. So some of them are using third party contractors, Apple's trying to do it themselves. But in the end, um, Apple just made a claim, and it was buried in a Wall Street Journal article this morning. That. Yeah, ninety-one percent hypertension reduction using their app and their primary care direct clinics in their own in their own uh, offices. Ninety-one percent. I mean, that is like unheard of. If they're if they're actually pulling that, should have been the lead in the story instead of right. Apple's trying something new. So, right. Right. Um, I mean, that changes America if you can reduce and eliminate uh, chronic disease like that. So, the the cool thing about this is. You have a lot. And by the way, Walmart's doing this for their, their employees. And right. I could go on and on Caterpillar. It's it's a, a long, long list. A third of the Fortune 100s are doing direct contracting for their employees. So it's not you're not selling some new fangled, you know, Apple wannabe or, you know, some new fruit that you got to explain. It's an old concept. It's a doctor patient relationship with a lot of the middle stripped out.
1: I think what's new is that it's now we're selling it to uh, smaller companies and companies that have, have not seen this model or don't fancy themselves you know, innovative companies. They're not the, the, the tech forefront companies. These are just companies that are watching their health insurance bills go up and up and trying desperately to figure out what to, what to do about that. So, so, it's so real- I'll make
0: you an offer. Yep. I'm going to make the same offer I've made a lot of my guests. Okay, If you have any interest in bringing one of your employers who's got a year's experience and wants to talk about it on the show, Oh, We've wow. had um, a large uh, drywall contractor, one of the top 10, talk about how it's completely changed his business model and he never loses craftsmen anymore. We've had a, uh, uh, the, the, basically the cable company and wireless company in East Texas. Both laugh when I say, would you ever go back? Because they're talk- the savings are just massive in pharmacy, imaging, labs, everything you talked about earlier. Right. They're shaving all these costs and they've got a healthier population. And guess where the only meat plant that didn't have to close during twenty twenty pandemic, it's in East Texas, and it's doing this exact same model. Except wow. they have the doctors on site, so it's a beautiful uh, solution for America. It's a beautiful solution for small and large employers. And the you know I, I tell everybody, come on over. The water's nice. It's not so scary.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, I think you know a, a, a thing that's interesting to me is how this is all going to shake out in terms of. Um, virtual care versus in-person care. And that one of the things that is a little bit different about what we've been doing here is, uh, we, we are truly a hybrid model. So we certainly encourage people to use virtual care when it makes sense, but because we have physical locations, we have lab and imaging available, we really encourage our doctors to make the right decision for the patient. So if the patient starts um, on a vi- virtual visit and then we determine that it makes more sense for them to be seen in an office setting, then we just simply put the, uh, the virtual visit on hold and let them know that we can start right up. They don't have to miss a beat. Uh, the story is all there and they'll come in and get their x-ray or get their, um, their lab or whatever it is that they need. Uh, without having to you know, restart the visit because it was done on a, a disparate system. So um, that's something that I think, you know, some of these larger companies are, are experimenting with different things. There's a lot of companies trying to go fully virtual. Um, that's, you know, that's something, we're, we're not doing that. We're kind of doing this hybrid model.
0: So a few more questions. Are you being discriminant about what size employers you'll talk to?
1: Um, right now, the smallest employer that we have, I think has 14 employees. Um, and the largest employer that we have, it has uh, several 1000 employees. So, okay. um, of course, of course, you know, <laughs> Houston Independent School District with the urgent care membership has 31,000 employees. So uh, that's, that's certainly the biggest one. Uh, but no, we, we will, we will um, work with any size employer.
0: Okay, and how many members do you have today? And how many do you think you'll have in say three years from today?
1: Well, like I said, we kicked off in January and I really wanted to start slow because I wanted to make sure that all of our processes were good and that our earliest clients got a really great experience. So I didn't try to just, you know, Uh, kill it with, you know, tons of, of, of members. Right now we have close to 5,000 members. Um, but I, uh, just in the next few months, we'll be adding about 10,000 more. So we, we've got the, we've got it down now and we're going to start adding at a pretty, uh, pretty healthy clip. Um, but that's, that's just, you know, to, because because I've done some things in the past and it's always nice to give yourself a little bit of room to uh, work out the kinks before you go full full bore.
0: Congratulations. Um, and Juliet, if employers wanna find you, what is the best way to reach to, reach out they can,
1: to you? They can reach out directly to me. Um, my email is jbreeze at nlucc.com. And uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to serving the employer community
0: breeze is just like it sounds
1: absolutely just like the wind
0: and then if uh, you could fly a banner over America you know this is my final question if you <laughs> listen to the show a lot what is your banner going to say
1: you know I, I I tried to look back and see if anybody has said this I'm sure they've said something like this but I say this all the time so I think that this is what, what I'll go with health insurance is not health care yes. health insurance is not health care yeah. and yeah. that is that's 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 where I stand and. I just want to be providing health care for people at this point and, and have people stop, you know, tr- pretending that they're giving their employees something when they're given a, an insurance policy.
0: Well, I, I wish, I wish you nothing but good luck and success and, and a safe journey, but I, I'm struggling with what to call this movement because it doesn't really have a name. What would you call this? I call it direct contracted care. I call it, you know, digital first care. What do you call it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when I refer to it, I I always talk about, um, yeah, I always talk about direct contracts. Um, I think that that's the simplest way and it's the way that people understand. Um, Certainly, any time you talk about um, direct relationships, excluding middlemen, um, I think you get people's attention these days.
0: All right. Well, thanks again. And we'll talk to you in a year.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Ron, for having me.
0: Thank you, Juliet.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing. And leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.